Hey, how's life? This is Minister Joanne Williams from Grace on Display Ministries. Welcome to the Art of Successful Living. Learn how to overcome personal difficulties, make better choices, and cultivate a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I hope you're rejoicing as well. As we conclude this series on the attitude of Christ, I'm going to be talking about In My Feelings. That's our title today, In My Feelings. The last time we discussed how attitudes are inner dispositions of the heart and mind. They are the hidden intentions which will eventually serve as the basis for our actions. The Bible says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 23, verse 7. In reality, no one else really knows the thoughts of your heart except you and God. Consequently, attitude is something that only you and God can work out. There has to be a change which must take place inwardly. We represent God to the world in all that we say and all that we do. He has called every believer to an important purpose, and that is to be a light in the darkness. What do people see when they look at you? Are you representing Jesus? The other day I asked my husband to hang some curtains for me. It took him ever in my mind to get around to doing it and then when he did the first window the rod was crooked so the curtains hung crooked when he went to do the other window I asked him very nicely to go back and make the first one straight now he got into his feelings so he put off doing it again my daughter and her friends say, if you ask your husband to do something more than once and it bothers you that it hasn't been done, do it yourself. <laughs> I'm like, the devil is a lie. In my case, I couldn't do it myself. Now we were both in our feelings. Finally, I blew up, y'all. I blew up. Oh, my God. I had to repent of quarreling and repent an outburst of anger. I was in my feelings. In my feelings means something that makes you emotional. And I'm asking all you married folks, what would you have done? Would you, after asking your spouse to do something more than once, twice, three times or more, would you do it yourself? And if you would, I just want to know, how does that work out for you after five, ten years of marriage? Let me hear from you. I would love to get some feedback. Moving on, when it comes to having the attitude of Christ, the Bible tells us to do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, 
but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. A bondservant basically means a slave. The Apostle Paul said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. That former way of life that he's referring to is the works of the flesh. The works of the flesh are the result of bad attitudes that's being produced by not renewing your mind. You know what? I think what I'm going to do right here is just put on my glasses and just read that scripture. This is Romans chapter 12, and I'm reading verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. All right. So the works of the flesh are as follows. You can avoid these by renewing your mind. Number one, sexual immorality. It includes adultery and prostitution. So the word in the Greek is porneia. And that's the same word that we get the word pornography from. So we can avoid sexual immorality, which includes adultery, prostitution, and pornography. What else is the works of the flesh? Impure thoughts. Impure thoughts can refer to that which is ritually unclean, uh, such as unclean food, but that's what it meant back then. But it came to be a general term for sexual misconduct. In other words, impure thoughts. Uh, Paul would have included impure thoughts and contemporary sexual explicit humor in this category. So, and it has those impure thoughts have to do with um, sexuality, you know, dirty living, what you're watching, certain kind of humor and stuff like that. Lustful pleasures include sexual excess, wantonness, perverted and reckless living, and the idea of complete disregard for all ethical standards. Then there's idolatry, which refers to the worship of an image or any God substitute. Anything that cools your relationship with God can be considered idolatry. 
sorcery. You get the Greek word pharmakia. And it was originally related to dispensing of drugs. You know, like, so we got the word, we got in the Greek is pharmakia, but in the English it was pharmacy. So you would go to the pharmacist to uh, have your prescription filled. Well, this term became directly associated with poisons and it became related to those who practice witchcraft or use evil and demonic spirits to affect others. Then there's hostility. Hostility includes hatred and was associated with troublemakers. When Christ came, he came to bring an end to such hostile ways. Quarreling includes rivalry and divisiveness. Jealousy. Jealousy can mean zealousness in a positive sense. But in a negative sense, it's closely related to envy and involves an unhealthy longing for that which belongs to others. Then you have outburst. Outburst of anger. Selfish ambition. Selfish ambition. A word that originally meant earning money, but came to have a negative meaning associated with self-seeking. Dissension has to do with divisions. Divisions originally carried the meaning of a choice and later developed the sense of belonging to a party or a group in either a positive or negative sense. Here, the term has been defined, you know, in a negative connotation. In other words, party divisiveness. Later, this word division uh, came to mean heresy. Drunkenness intoxication, wild parties. You know, it really means like participating in orgies, usually associated with drunkenness. Anyway, the list is, you know, it's a long list. So Paul adds this catch-all phrase or this catch-all statement covering other similar activities, and he puts it like this, and other sins like these. Apparently, Paul had given the Galatians similar advice at a previous time because after listing these vices, he reminded them that he had told them before that practicing such evils would prevent them from inheriting the kingdom of God. And then the thing is to remember the key word is practicing. You know, you shouldn't be repeating this. Every now and then, everybody fall off the wagon. Nobody is perfect, but if that's the way you live your life, if you live in your life that way, uh, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. He said in order to keep from doing such things that we have to renew our minds. And there are a number of ways we can renew our minds. One is by studying the Bible, by reading the word of God. Another way is to continue to listen to this podcast. Um, there are many ways you can renew your mind. One of the worst things I've ever done is if I watch too many movies with a whole bunch of cussing and killing and all of that, the next thing you know, my language is starting to, you know, get off center. You know, I, I'm thinking the wrong thoughts or I'm blowing up or saying something, you know, inappropriate. Or even if you listen to certain um, comedy, you know, and you laughing at it. It can make you insensitive in a lot of areas. So we have to be careful to renew our minds. We are going to have those moments when our attitudes need to be corrected. Every
everybody will, at some point or another, have an attitude that needs to be corrected. But thanks be to God that we don't have to live in our feelings. The Bible says that we must endeavor to keep the bonds of unity, that we have to walk in obedience to Christ, that we are to love one another, serve one another, pray for one another, a whole lot of one another's. And um, we have to have the attitude or the mind of Christ. And it is impossible to have his attitude without being in relationship with him and without obedience to him, without knowing what his will is. I do truly hope from this series that you have at least taken some time to consider your attitude. Next week, we begin a new series. The goal of this podcast is to influence Christian followers to lead successful or more successful Christian lives as they reflect on the love of God and the word of God. You know, it's one thing to say we love Jesus and we're going to follow him, but it's another thing to get up and do it. The question is, how can we do it well? The second goal of this podcast is to develop a deeper interest in and understanding of the Bible. Third, to encourage believers in Christ to not accept mediocrity to encourage believers in Christ not to accept mediocrity, but instead to strive to reach their fullest potential in Christ. If you are looking for the power to endure challenges of a Christian life, live through temptations in our culture, and gain insight and wisdom for decision-making and deepen your walk with God, join us every week. And listen to this podcast. Do yourself a favor and subscribe now.